You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. Uh, we have a lot to cover today. Uh, we're going to get right to it here to help me talk about a variety of things. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. Hello, my friend. How are you this fine evening? I'm doing good. We are moving on from the from the superstar Kent aspect thing that we've had going on here. We have grown accustomed to your stardom, so we're just getting right by it. This is a very business-like podcast today. No shenanigans, no tomfoolery. We are getting straight into the yeah. point. Craig Stout, find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. He means business. The mustache is looking good. How are you doing tonight, bud? Man, my face hurts already. We, 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 we are just now starting this. Uh, my face hurts from laughing too much. This this is going to be a fun episode. We, we, I wonder if some of the things that have been discussed in the last 45 minutes wind up on the show. And I hope there's an organic place to drop in some of our running back conversation. We'll see. We'll see. Um just so you know, I, a quick announcement. I want to make sure we get this out there to everybody. Um, if you've purchased the KC Draft Guide, we have a download available with new quotes about what it would be like to be a chief from prospects. So we've added a few more. We've added some for Christian Fulton and Jeff Gladney, among others. So you have, if you've purchased the, the KC Draft Guide, you have uh, an email that was sent to you from Gumroad to download the new version. So it's available to you. Check your emails. Just want to make sure that we got that out there for you guys. And also, if you haven't purchased the KC Draft Guide, you, you still can. And I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll sneak a little promo code on here. Promo code LIV LIVE. We haven't really been advertising the last couple of weeks. You can get it for $8.54. There's dozens of pros, quotes from prospects on what it would be like to be a chief. And we just added a few. 225 write-ups. 300 pages about the chiefs draft. So, uh, feel free to check that bad boy out. Um, and gum.co slash Casey draft guide, 2020 promo code live. We'll get it to you for eight fifty four. Um, okay. So here's a, we got a couple things we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about the drafts, some of the stuff that's happened, some news that's out there about the draft recently. Um, but one of the things that that's happening at SB nation this week is talking about the best teams to not win a super bowl. And so we thought we would kind of just jump in and, and, and participate. So we're all going to list out the best Chiefs, Chief, Jeff, best Chiefs team to not win a Super Bowl. Oldest goes first. Craig, what you think? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, we decided to stick with stuff that's in our lifetime. I remember 1993. Uh, that was Joe Montana's first year with the Chiefs. Marcus Allen joined the Chiefs. Christian Okoye actually blew out 
you know, had an injury in the preseason. So they kind of put some stuff together there, drafted Will Shields, and they made the AFC Championship game. That was a very, very good football team. Joe Montana was kind of hurt off and on throughout the year, and he actually had a concussion in the third quarter of that AFC Championship game. And Dave Craig come in and led a big 90-yard scoring drive there to kind of cut the deficit again late in the game. It was 13-20 to at that point. Joe Montana threw an interception right before halftime on the five-yard line, so it should have been even closer. But the Bills, that same Bills team that kept going to the Super Bowl, didn't win. You know, uh, they were able to put the game away. But that was a really, really good football team. There's a lot of Hall of Famers on that football team. A lot of very, very good players. Uh, Like most, (laughs) the Chiefs Ring of Honor is littered with players from the 1993 season. That's one of the very best teams to never win a Super Bowl in my lifetime for the Chiefs. Craig, how old were you? I was 10 in 1993. Oh, wow. You are. I promise you. I promise you that that is a real thing and not a bit. Mm. You you are older than I am, son, sir. Maddie, what you got? Mine's a little more recent. I was, in fact, 13 when this went down. Oh, I guess technically. Yeah, I know, 13. The 2003 Kansas City Chiefs. I think everybody remembers the Dick Vermeule years. We have some Trick Green. We have the best offensive line that has ever graced the NFL. We can run the ball on anybody with Priest Holmes. This was even young Larry Johnson before he was really helping the team out a ton or anything like that. You had Derek Blaylock behind Priest Holmes. Receivers were good enough with Johnny Morton, Eddie Kinnison, Dante Hall actually got some use here. Like Tony Gonzalez in his prime. Like this team was ready to go offensively. They ran into the buzzsaw known as Peyton Manning in the playoffs. And despite a starting secondary that combined for 17 interceptions that year, they could not force a single punt out of the Indianapolis Colts (laughs) as they lost in the playoffs in a shootout to Peyton Manning. Now, the pass rush for this team and the linebacker play was atrocious. Like, they had some big bodies up front, but nobody could generate consistent pass rush, and I think that ended up being their undoing. But that 2003 team, like, they were primed to go on a deep run. Like, they just just had to get by the Colts, and they lost that shootout because they couldn't force one single stop to big-headed, red mark on his forehead, Peyton Manning with his tiny little legs. They could not stop him one time. I I almost used all of my Christmas money to buy two tickets to that playoff game. Oof. Yeah, I, mean, like, I don't know how you wouldn't have though. Looking at the team, like I don't know yeah. how you wouldn't have. Well, that was that. I yeah, but oh, I'm I'm kind of glad I did it. <laughs> I don't think I would want to been there. We're going we're going in chronological order, and you don't have to look too far for me. 2019. I hate this. Patrick Levon <laughs> Mahomes bursts onto the scene and changes the game of football as we know it. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards passing, sets the world on fire. And then they 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 break the curse, you know, against the Colts. The te- the team that's caused them so much angst in their in their first playoff game in the divisional rounds. And then a furious comeback against the New England Patriots who slow Patrick Mahomes down for you know, for th- 15, 30 minutes of football comes up short because D Ford lines up offsides. 
Chiefs fans, like, I'm going to lie. I'm not going to lie. We're like a little bit insufferable right now because we have Mahomes. Imagine how insufferable we would be if this team had just repeated. Imagine how insufferable we would have been if Patrick LeVon Mahomes had went out and done everything he did last year and won a Super Bowl last year. Bob Sutton was not winning another Super Bowl. Probably not. But I think actually I think they would have beat the Rams. I really do. I 100% think they would have beat the Rams. Oh, totally agree. They would have won for sure. They just they would not be repeating with Bob oh, Sutton last Bob year. Bob Sutton would be here. I think we answered that question this week on the pod. That's a good point. No, they still have a Super Bowl. So I I don't disagree with you. I think that's a very good choice, especially the way the NFL has gone. Last year's team, you know, actually being able to throw the ball and like the you know, Trent Green in the 2003 playoffs very well, or the oh. 1993 team. The uh, like last year's team would wipe the floor with these other two teams. Just you chose first, so you got the best team, Kent. Yeah, that's true. First I just, being a star. I was so I was going to give you the option to talk about 2003 or 2019, but you were so late to the party, and I I, I was just like, <laughs> you you noticed that they were like, yeah, we'll let the old guy choose the old team. Yeah, well, yeah, we had yeah, we knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like and I vaguely remember like I I I was 4 during the 1993 th- season. I'm pretty sure I remember bits and pieces of 94 though. I'm pretty sure of that. Was 94 the Colts lost in the playoffs? Uh yes, I believe that to be the case unless I'm yes. off a couple years. I believe that to be the case. I think that was the year. Okay, so I remember yeah. that one. And I yeah, I remember vaguely was that later no i think it was 90 i think it was 94 with like the playoffs starting in 95 maybe i'm not sure i don't know but i remember that era uh we need to this 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 is tantalizing podcasting that we're happening right now we're just all thinking and second guessing ourselves and asking questions it was steve bono's first year i remember that i have not second guessed myself a single time on this podcast yet ever okay we're gonna talk about the draft now and one of the things that I think we want to talk about today is the running backs and the potential for the Chiefs to take a running back in the first round. Here's the problem I'm having right now. You cannot escape the Chiefs being mocked a running back in the first round. Mel Kuyper running back in the first round. Bucky Brooks running back in the first round. If it was up to Bucky, everybody would take a running back in the first That's round. That's true. Matt Miller, our pal, Matt Miller, he's talking about how the Chiefs might be looking to dr- grab a running back early to continue to, to build on this offense. Maybe it's a trade back, maybe it's not. But all I know is, guys, it seems like running back's kind of on the table a little bit for this team in the first round. And I'm going to be honest with you. If we get to the end of Thursday night, and the Chiefs make a pick. They actually make the pick. And at pick 32, it's running back out of Georgia, DeAndre Swift. I like DeAndre Swift. I think he's a good football player. If they take him at pick 32, the podcast is going to be lit. And it's not just DeAndre Swift. It's pretty much any running back at 32. Like, I'm going to rationalize it like a week later, but the initial shock of knowing, like, DeAndre Swift can't play cornerback. Are we we sure? He might, but they're not (laughs) drafting him to. DeAndre Swift, he's not big enough to play Will Linebacker for Steve Spagnuolo. I'm terrified that we're going to get all the way to this, all this work, 300-page draft guide. 
<laughs> they take a running back in the first round. Maddie, I I don't know what I'd do with myself. What if the first round running back was LaVisca Schnolt? Oh, well, you could maybe. There's more run, There's more receiver skills in there. No. So, unfortunately, so this isn't, and what Kit's talking about here is this isn't just like, and I don't want to, when I say random, I don't mean it in a derogatory way. Like, some of these people are very good at what they do, but this isn't just people on the internet or running websites just kind of mocking up stuff that makes sense to them or putting in research and then mocking stuff that makes sense. Some of these mocks we're talking about are big heavy hitters, guys that make mock drafts based on their contacts with teams. That's the only reason it's kind of getting this huge light of day right now is because you got the Daniel Jeremiah's, Bucky Brooks, Matt Millers, Mel Kuypers, like these guys all have a running back to the Chiefs. And while it's a common thing every year to put a running back to the Chiefs, I don't think it's ever been this common all at once. Like it's this exact version that started this week for all these guys this to be running back. in the process. Yeah, and this is, like I said, this isn't just like, you know, myself on Arrowhead Pride saying, here's a running back for the Chiefs. Like, these are people that actually have contacts in the NFL that are putting this out there. So it's just worth paying attention to. And as much as I despise the concept, I think it makes a lot of sense And for a Chiefs team that is trying to, quote unquote, just be the same. They're trying to run it back. They're trying to be the same thing. I do think running back is one position that might give the most instant impact, the most instant improvement over the team from last year. So you have a team that basically stayed the same, maybe got a tiny bit worse by losing Kendall Fuller, by losing Wisniewski, not having Reggie Ragland. You can make it a little bit better, the easiest, by taking a running back at the end of the first round. It's like, I get the logic, the way the Chiefs played out their offseason. I just absolutely don't, can't stand the plan if that's the case. At pick 32, you're probably looking to take the best player available. And chances are good. The best player available at pick 32 is going to be a running back this year. Uh, quite simply. there. I know we talk a lot about some of these fourth and fifth corners maybe you know zach bond or somebody like that guys that we really like and guys that we think fit the chiefs really well but a running back might be the most talented player on the board and in that regard the chiefs are legitimately going to take a best player available not only does that running back help improve things for the offense it just kind of opens everything up we've seen some very specific game plans for damian williams we've seen some very specific game plans for daryl williams darwin thompson shady mccoy if you have somebody that can do everything that this running back by committee can do all of a sudden maybe it makes your offense a little more unpredictable maybe it makes your andy reed a little more comfortable in his play calling who knows what the case may be i again do not want a running back in round one period I I hate that idea. (laughs) I think there are so many other positions that need to be addressed, particularly on my defense. But Craig's defense. My defense. But I think that the more and more that this is picking up, you have to start thinking about what that would look like for the Chiefs, what sort of impact that would make, and the talent level that you could put on the team with the guys that are there. And if you kind of line all that up, Unfortunately, it does make a little bit of sense. Even though Andy Reid maximizes his running backs, everything like that, I've heard all that argument and I agree with it. But there is some logic there. One of the things I take in, take solace in with this whole thing, though, is there's not necessarily a consensus about which running back they're going to take, which makes me feel 
like a little bit better about maybe maybe it's just this makes sense i need to get a running back in the first round let's just throw a name out there because there's not like a name tied to you know jk dobbins for bucky brooks and uh, DeAndre Swift for Mel Kuyper. Our, our, Matt, Matt Miller, he's talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I would tend to lead Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if I was the Chiefs. If it, if it is running back, I'd take Clyde Ed- Edwards-Hilaire, I think. I think he's the best fit, the perfect fit for the Chiefs at running back. Um, and we'll take a break, and we're going to talk about trade backs right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, so we just got done talking about the running back position. And I don't think these things are mutually exclusive of each other, but there is also a lot of buzz about trading back potentially. You know, you're starting to see that a little bit more. Like some of the caveats are the Chiefs, if they're going to pick here, it's running back or, you know, I think there's I think there's some buzz out there that the Chiefs might be in a position to trade back. And actually, I think if the Chiefs traded back, maybe maybe running back, maybe they'd kick off their draft with a running back in the second round. And that would actually be a little bit more appealing and appetizing to me than taking a running back at 32. Not that I'd feel good about it, but maybe that'd make me feel a little bit better at least because they'd get another asset. I don't know if I hate the idea of them trading back, whether regardless of what position they take. I don't know if I hate the idea of them trading back completely, Craig. And we've talked about this a little bit, but it definitely makes sense for the Chiefs to trade it back in an asset-strapped draft where they probably need to add several contributors, not necessarily for this year, but for the future. They need bodies going into 2020 and 2021 and beyond. They need to add some talent to some rooms. And frankly, there's just not a whole lot of picks to be able to do it. And they're at the back of every round. So being able to trade back maybe early up into the second there and then pick up a fourth round draft pick you know or you know creep up towards that pick 100 kind of range we've talked about maddie talks about it all the time day early day three picks are valuable still because everybody goes home everybody gets to kind of reset their boards and if you've got another early day three pick right there at the top of the fourth round you can kind of say oh man okay that guy fell to us we're gonna go ahead and make that pick now there's some actual talent that's here you know make some moves there i don't think that's a bad strategy for a team that needs to add some bodies at several positions so yeah if i'm there i would prefer to trade back if they don't like you know the sort of defensive options that are there or if they just frankly want to add more to more rooms 
I'm for here for the trade back, like especially if it's at the expense of not drafting a running back at 32. <laughs> like, I I think it's the right move almost regardless. I think there's pr- the chance of a of there being only one or two players of the same tier or like in the same bucket at 32 is very slim. Most likely you are going to miss out on the second tier of players at 32. You're going to be looking at the top and, you know, you're going to have a good five to 10 names of guys that are all ranked pretty equally available at 32, just quickly glancing over a board. And if you don't want to have to make that choice there and you're sitting here with only five picks all at the end of rounds, and you didn't really add any new starters this year, and you only have like 25 players under contract in 2021, you're going to need draft assets. Like you can't expect to hit on 100% of your draft picks every single year. You're going to need a few more swings because you are going to miss one of your first two or three round picks just about every single season. So you need more picks if you're the Chiefs. Trade back, maybe get the fifth highest rated guy out of that bucket, even though all the guys are about the same, rather than take the guy at the top. Like I do think that makes a lot of sense. It's just, I would still have a hard time if you're trading back with the goal to, tra- to take a running back. Like if you're mm-hmm. set on taking a running back, then I mean, I, yeah, trade back to do it. But I would really like to see them trade back and then take a player that plays a more vital position than running back. Because I think if you're trading back, it's because there's multiple guys of value available. And if it's just, if you decide on a running back, that's just going to be a hard pill to swallow. I think it's an easier pill for me to swallow. And I'm not saying I advocate for it because I very obviously do not but you you can i'll feel a little bit better about it because okay let's say they trade back let's say they trade back to 45 ish you're you're getting a third round pick included in that if you're moving all the way back there you're probably getting a third round pick unless you're getting future assets which i doubt i doubt that's in the plans um i bet you you know it's it's probably like it'd be like pick 45 and pick 75 rush roughly so it'd make me feel a little better knowing that the chiefs had a top 75 pick to go and address other needs if they're going to take a running back anyway. So like if it's, if it's, but if that takes me from Clyde or Jonathan Taylor, my running backs one and two, and I get forced into JK Dobbins, let's say yeah, hard that pass. pick, like that's a huge step back yeah. for me. So like, if my goal is to take one of those running backs, I'd rather just take Ugh. them at 32. And like, I get it. Like I get the idea. Like I would rather trade back and take my top running back too. It's just a risk reward game. And when you're already dealing with such a, unimportant position like running back I hate like would be very scared of the idea to trade back then miss out on my guy and take the next best guy or maybe Clyde and Jonathan Taylor go and you just move on to another position because Dobbins is high on your board which is two thumbs up then that's kind of it's just a matter of like yeah that's kind of what I was thinking is like you know maybe it's just like okay we're gonna move back to 45 if Clyde Edward Hilaire is there yeah maybe we'll take him maybe he's in that pool that we're considering kind of thing but if not we're taking you know, Jeff Gladney, because Jeff Gladney might be there. Ugh, don't don't tempt me with that. If I if we get to take Jeff Gladney at forty five, I'm geeked out. I'm flipping out. But like, I mean, I man, okay, Dane Dane Brugler is, I mean, he is the goat <laughs> at this. I mean, that's the best. That man is the best. <laughs> His mock, I believe, had uh, Jeff Gladney going fifty fourth. See, I that that's a steal. That's a steal for me, right. but. I, if you can make that happen, that's fine. I just see a scenario. Like, we're sitting around here last year talking about Byron Murphy. We're talking about Joe Juan Williams, Sean Murphy Bunting, Rocky Sin, all these guys that, hey, may, maybe you can pick up one of those guys near the end of the second round. Maybe you can pick up one of those guys late. All those guys are gone 
early yeah. in the second round. You trade back to 45, you miss out on, if let's say you got running backs you're targeting. You miss out on Clyde. You miss out on Jonathan Taylor. You oh, miss no, out on all these corners. I oh, know, but you miss back. out on all the, <laughs> the corners too. Yeah. You're going to miss out on the top linebackers. Then all of a sudden, you're settling. You're, you're, you're settling for a guy in that next tier down. And frankly, I just... Man, if if the talent's there, take it. This, this team ha- has avoided drafting in the first round for too many years now because of Patrick Mahomes. I'm not I'm not mad at it, but add some talent to some rooms. Get get some top tier talent. The last yeah, oh, I sorry, would never Maddie. trade down. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I just, I use a horizontal board. And like any all of you guys that bought the draft guide, it's in there on the last page. A link to it. I would never trade down more slots than I have players like valued at the highest position that's left. So if I have a any early second round grades left and say there's only six guys, I would never trade down more than six spots because the risk of losing all those early second round grades from trading back isn't worth it to pick up a pick in the 70s or a pick in the 80s for me. I would rather take the more talented guy. But if you can trade back a couple spots and still guarantee yourself one of the players from that pool, then by all means do it and just cross your fingers it isn't running back if you if you trade if you trade back to the late 30s you're getting a pick roughly about a a top 110 pick so you're getting a pick at like 110 ish which see i love that yeah yeah and i'm totally i'm totally content with that because i still think you get a very good player at 38 Mm -hmm. no doubt and i I, I, actually i still think you can get a good player at 45 especially if you have flexibility it just depends on if you have flexibility which I think the Chiefs do. Like the Chiefs could go a lot of different directions in taking a BPA sure. approach outside sure. of just running back. I think there's going to be good players all the way into the 40s. Uh, there's a couple draft scenarios and and, and conversations we want to have about the draft too. Um, and I think there's there's two lines of thinking that that could really you know could tell us a lot about this football team. Honestly, um, I think the first one is just playing in line with with hashtag Run It Back, a draft built around hashtag running it back might look differently than something else, Craig. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit because most of the times that we're building a mock draft or talking about players, we're trying to kind of mix and match a little bit. So we talked about a little bit, two very decidedly different lines of thinking. This is the first one. If you're just looking for players to contribute in 2020, you're looking to fill the minimal holes that are there. You've got running back, safety, linebacker, interior offensive line. These are the spots that I think we can all identify that could do with an upgrade. If the Chiefs decided that they were just going to add the best player at each one of the picks in each one of these, you know, sort them out, however you can find the pockets there, you might see scenarios where the Chiefs may be taking a little less upside style players a little higher floor style players trying to maximize this particular roster knowing that they're already one step ahead knowing that they're going to be able to do some stuff later on you know and be able to sort out the roster in 2021 when you got a little more cap room but specifically try and add the highest potential you know benefit in just this draft not really thinking about the future but adding it just for this draft so yeah in that regard if they went running back that kind of makes sense if they went safety that makes sense linebacker kind of is flexible for both as is interior offensive line but those are obviously positions that they can definitely target and when i think run it back draft kind of a thing like if i'm thinking about trying to improve the team this year just add that half a step improvement so that you can still be better than last year since you did lose a couple kind of role pieces i immediately think of 
running back, like we've kind of already talked about, don't love it, but I get the path to how that makes you a better football team for 2020. And safety is the other one that really jumps into my head just because I think safeties, especially guys that don't have elite playmaking ability, don't go early in drafts too often. So there's a chance you can get a football player that is ready to step in and play football right away at pick 32. And maybe even at pick 63, looking at like a Juan Thornhill kind of range last year, you can get a safety that's ready to step in and contribute right away. And the chances from what I've looked at, seeing a lot of mock drafts or just how people rate players, the chances of a safety being able to step in right away at one of those spots is really high. So running back safety can make the biggest impact right away, in my opinion. An interior offensive line, I think after Cesar Ruiz, it's a big drop-off. So if you get a chance to go for him, I think he makes you better right away. I think most guys after him are probably an improvement. I just don't know how big of a step. And linebacker, it's kind of the same issue. Like linebacker is a position that usually takes a little bit to transition from college to the NFL. A lot of guys don't step on the NFL field and are going to be ready to go. So it might be a slow burn, but you kind of hope by the time the playoffs kick in, your new linebacker is ready to make a difference. It's like, well, I get the last two, just like to me, the first thing that jumps into my mind of trying to get better this year, like they've done all offseason where the whole goal is just to be the same team as last year, not better, not worse, just the same team running back and safety make a lot of sense early. Yeah. And I mean, I think all those positions you guys just listed out, I mean, sure. It's, it's a hashtag run it back draft. Like there is definitely there. You're plugging holes. You're, you know, you're making the, you're, 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 you're plugging holes for, for a team that has 20 or 22 starters returning. But I don't think running back safety linebacker interior offensive line. I also don't want to make it sound like it's, completely for 2022 you still also are getting improvements and depth along 2021 or for 2021 and beyond this team is going to need a linebacker next year and in 2021 this team is going to need interior offensive line next year and in 2021 uh running back you don't need but i get why you would <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm just i'm taking more barbs at running back right now yeah and this makes a lot of sense because as maddie always says Brett Veach hates cornerbacks. He does. <laughs> I think we're all coming around. I mean, it, it, I don't think he knows what it is. I don't think he hates them. He just isn't quite sure what the position they, is. I think he's confused this, on the corner quarter issue. Maybe I can help with the Pam Pan issue here. Pam. <laughs> I just, he, he doesn't spend money on corners and he doesn't invest draft doesn't, capital. Like, or assets. Yeah. Every year, we like every year I've done this, the two years I've covered Brett Veach drafts, cornerback has been like priority 1A for me. And every year, they cobble it together with you know two and a half million dollar contracts handed out to Bashad Breeland's undrafted free agent six round picks. It'll be interesting. I I do think I my guess is they 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 spend a top one hundred pick on corner. I do think that it's going to happen this year. Okay. Uh, there's another there's another line of thinking out there potentially. Um, and I I mean I still think it kind of makes sense with what they're doing with running back. They've got twenty. Uh, of their 22 starters. There's not a ton of holes, but there's big decisions to be made down the road. They don't have a deal for Chris Jones in place. They don't have a deal for Patrick Mahomes in place. Those two guys are going to cost money if they keep both of them. Even if they only keep Patrick Mahomes, they're still going to have to make a lot of tough decisions about this roster. So maybe, maybe, Maddie, may, well, well, actually... You explained the build for the future draft because this is the th- this is your sorry I don't want to jump on anything because you this is something you've, you've <laughs> talked a lot about. 
I mean, like I said, I think if you look back at this Chiefs offseason right now, the clear the clear goal has been to bring back the majority of the 2019 team. I don't think it's a very difficult thing to say that the Chiefs definitely are bringing back like 99.9% of last year's team. You hope with some development and better injury luck, this team is as good, if not better. You didn't add any new pieces to get better. Like you didn't go out of your way to make there be more talent on your team. You're just banking on this team being just as good as it was last year, which was a Super Bowl champion. So maybe going into the draft, the thought process is to start to build into 2021, where you have a lot of contracts coming off the book. You have a lot of very high valuable positions that aren't under contract. You have a lot of holes in this roster in 2021, and a lot of them are at valuable positions. Like while we already talked about linebacker and interior offensive line could be useful for the future, you also need some now. This draft, maybe it's going to be heavy on positions like wide receiver because Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins are done after the season. Maybe you get some corners because Bashad Breland's on a one-year deal. Charvarius Ward had a very good year, but he still was just one year. He's going to be, I believe, a restricted free agent next year, so it's not like he's locked up long-term. Defensive tackle, Mike Pinnell's on a one-year deal. Derek Nottie's the only guy that's proven to be very steady besides Chris Jones, who's on the franchise tag. So you don't know what's happening with him next year. You might need more guys up front. And then finally, I think this is the one that gets kind of the most ire from fans, Offensive tackle, like Mitchell Schwartz isn't young. He's not getting any younger. I think there was some rumblings about, you know, maybe he just wasn't feeling great to start last year. He was a little sore. You know, he's getting up there in age. This happens when offensive tackles get older. He's a big guy. Maybe he's wanting to call it quit soon. Maybe not. Maybe the Chiefs want to save some money on Eric Fisher, who costs a lot of money and almost cost him a Super Bowl because he couldn't block young Bosa a single time in an entire football game. Maybe they want to save some money and move on from them in 2021, draft a young offensive tackle. Any one of these positions likely doesn't help a ton this year besides maybe corner, but that's only if you spend an early pick. But what you do is you give them a year to develop with this coaching staff to develop their skills, develop their game, and be ready to start next year. Because like we just said, the Chiefs feel like their team's good enough to win a Super Bowl this year. If they didn't, they would have actually went out and signed better football players and not just brought back their own guys. So they feel like they're good enough to win the Super Bowl maybe they want to draft more for the future rather than trying to improve on a team that they already think is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, we can just call this the red shirt draft. Yeah, just just know that you can take a bunch of guys and none of them may see the field and they still may win the damn Super Bowl anyway. You know, and man, wouldn't that be nice? I, I, I would also add edge to this list. Yeah. I know we haven't, we haven't talked about it much, but you, that situation is a little bit up in the air for this year, too. But they've got a couple starters. Definitely don't have guys opposite of Frank Clark going forward here. So that's another position that I'd look for here. But, yeah, there's there's a case to be made to just basically take the 2020 draft and say, you know what? All of you guys are sitting unless, you know, we get midway through the year, we need some injury relief or anything like that. We are not planning major contribution out of anybody in this draft because we want you all to be here. We want you all to be, you know, performing at a high level on the same page for 2021. But we need you when all of these guys walk. We get a bunch of comp picks because we're replacing them with draft picks. And Kent loves that. Yeah. So I... I could see a situation where they are a little more forward thinking. And honestly, I wouldn't hate it. Here's the here's the thing about a build for the future, a hashtag red shirt draft. I don't know why I added a hashtag. I don't whatever. I like it. Um, 
So, okay, let's let's say like I talked about, you know, you could talk about building for the future. You could throw safety and linebacker in there. They're not necessarily the same premium positions that we're talking about here, but what you can do is if you're if you're building for the future, if you're looking at it as a redshirt year, you have opened yourself up to have a better chance at landing a blue chip player. Because now the board is very open for you with six positions that you've potentially could take the best player on your board and it makes sense for your future. So, and it doesn't, and doesn't, and obviously even just because you're building for the future, it doesn't necessarily have to be that that player can't contribute right away. But like Cesar Ruiz, I still think I, I see, I see Cesar Ruiz in both of these lines of thinking, even though he's an IOL, even though he's an interior offensive lineman, I think he has a chance to be a blue chip interior offensive lineman. And you just, he's, he's like a brisket. You sit in the, you set it and forget it. You never, for, you, you never need to worry about Cesar Ruiz. You know, you just 10 years of just consistency, but you open the board up consi- for, your, for yourself significantly. So now that you're, you're in a position to just take value the entire draft almost because there's probably going to be a player at one of these positions. And hopefully it's one of these high, high profile positions like tackle wide receiver corner, obviously. But even if it's linebacker, even Patrick Queens there at 32, he fil- he fits in both buckets he fits in the run it back bucket he fits it fits in the build it build for the future bucket he's still 20 years old you have a chance to get a blue chip linebacker out of that even though linebacker may not be as valuable as under these positions i think you've got a lot of flexibility for the 2020 draft which it makes it interesting this this thing could go several different ways and it's going to tell us a lot about what this football team thinks and that's why it's legitimately one of the most it's the most interesting draft i've been a part of i think in the last few years at the end of the day, like I don't think that they're going to go 100% towards a run it back or build for the future draft. Like I think it's very clearly going to be a little bit of a mix of both. Both like it might not be as evident as every other pick, but I think you're going to get a pretty even split like in the top 100 wherever the picks may fall, whether it's, you know, only three picks, whether it's four picks, but I think you're going to end up with a relatively even split of guys ready to help right now and guys that are for the future. Like I will not be surprised to come out of this draft with like two very clear cut from day one red shirt guys, but also come away with a, maybe a running back, maybe an interior offensive lineman or a safety, just somebody that is going to be expected almost immediately to be penciled in as a major contributor as well. And like, while it doesn't sound like rare for that to happen, like that's still the case. You don't often have, you know, two extremes in the same draft, but I think the Chiefs kind of put themselves into that position where I do think they want to add one or two guys to help the team this year. But I think the majority of the assets are going to go towards filling those high valued positions like tackle wide receiver corner from 2021, because again, the contract situation, the cap space does not look great in 2021, especially if you're getting Mahomes back, adding a wide receiver to figuring out what you're going to do with Chris Jones. Like they need to hit on a lot of draft picks or start to be able to spend some money. And they don't have that much money available unless they're drafting for 2021. I think regardless of what you do, you have to get out of this draft with a receiver at some point. And that's just strictly because of the value. It's just such good value. And if you're trading back, Here's the thing I like about trading back. If you trade back to 42 or 38 or whatever, you get pick 113. Now you've got a little bit more flexibility to just to get insane value with one of your next three picks at receiver. Whatever you think is going to be the best value at receiver, if it's someone that you didn't think was going to be there at 63 is there at 63 or 96 or 113, 
take them. Take them because you're probably getting uh, some fourth round picks in this year's draft at receiver ghosts in the second round in other drafts. I mean, this isn't Hakeem Butler who went in the early fourth round last year. I mean, we liked Hakeem Butler, but you're getting a better player than Hakeem Butler yeah. early fourth round this year. There's going to be good value. And you've got if you've got more picks to play with, you give yourself a chance to have some freedom to do that. And so that's one thing I that I think is part of the team trade back move is having an extra asset to play around with, finding the best value at wide receiver that you think you're going to get. Okay, that is going to do it for today's episode. We will be back on Friday with the AP Draft Show. We'll catch you later. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.